Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. This is episode 43, and I'm your host, Steve Cullum. Today we have another interview with another great youth worker. In fact, we actually have two today for you. Not just one, but two, because they partner together in leading their youth ministry there in Indianola, Iowa. And uh, it's going to be great to talk with both Jeremy Nelson and Mike Eilers today about how they partner together in their ministry and uh, and co-lead that ministry. Uh, before we jump into that, let's stop and thank our sponsors. First of all, we want to thank WorkCamp NE. It's one of the longest running, in fact, the longest running sponsor of the Student Ministry Podcast. And if you haven't checked out their website, make sure you do so. It's W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E dot com. And that's going to be able to uh, show you all of what WorkCamp NE does. But the big thing you, for you to know is that they do service-based mission trips for your students. And they have their own trips that they run throughout the year, mostly in the summer. But they also do private trips for your group. So if you're looking for an amazing opportunity for your students to go and, and serve the local community, but also have a camp-like experience, make sure you check out WorkCampNE and uh, check out their website and be sure to tell them that the uh, Student Ministry Podcast sent you. We also want to welcome a brand new sponsor of the Student Ministry Podcast today, and that's G-Shades Student Curriculum. Some of you listeners might remember back in episode 32 where Mike Haynes talked all about his ministry, but also this curriculum that he has been creating. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. A lot of us as youth pastors do few things unintentionally. We only talk about the gospel when we're giving like an altar call, or we teach students to do as Jesus did, but not to see as Jesus sees. And we give students a fractured picture of the faith by teaching biblical principles and practices without tying them to their gospel foundation. In an effort to try something different, G-Shades is a curriculum designed to help you produce confident, gospel-focused students who are able to use the gospel lens to navigate the complexities of modern culture. We're in youth ministry professionally, and so when it comes to the gospel, most of us naturally model it to our students. G-Shade's goal is to help youth pastors teach it to their students. Each series is complete with message manuscripts, small group leader guides, parent guides, daily Instagram devotionals, games, graphic slides, and even bumper videos. To download your free week of G-Shades curriculum, go to gshades.org. That's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G. And when you order, you can use the promo code STUMINPOD to receive 5% off. That's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D to receive 5% off your order. Thanks so much for WorkCamp NE and G-Shades for sponsoring the Student Ministry Podcast. Now, a couple last things before we jump into this interview with Jeremy and Mike today, and that is a big reminder to subscribe. If you have not subscribed to the Student Ministry Podcast, make sure you do that. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app of choice or service out there, but also subscribe to us and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for The Student Ministry Podcast, and you can find all of that at our website, thestudentministrypodcast.com. And if you like what you hear from the Student Ministry Podcast, be sure to do two things. Share us with other youth workers out there, and also leave us a comment on one of your podcast apps of choice. A positive comment just helps us rise higher and helps other youth workers find us. And now with all that out of the way, let's jump into this conversation with Jeremy Nelson and Mike Eilers. Hey, Jeremy and Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. You bet. Hey. Good to be here with you. This is awesome. 
It is. Uh, I I've known you guys for for just a little while now. Uh, through I think originally through Download Youth Ministry, uh, got connected, and you guys have stated our church uh, coming through for some youth camp stuff and everything. Um, but uh, for the the audience out there that may have not have heard of you guys, uh, I, we'd love to just start with your story a little bit today and kind of tell who you are, but also how uh, God got you to the point where where you are today in ministry. So I'm Jeremy. I am from. Wisconsin before living in Iowa now. I've been here for about seven years. And uh, I started out as an intern. And then uh, the guy that I interned with is now the lead pastor. Uh, And he was my youth pastor when I was in middle school and high school. So that's how I followed him out here, did an internship with him. And then about six months later, after I was finishing up school, they needed a temporary help in youth ministry, and so uh, it worked out that I could come back and fill in for a little while while they were in between another role and help out. And then uh, after that, the the guy I was working with, John, he convinced the staff that they needed a second youth pastor, and so they hired me on permanently, uh, which has been really awesome, really awesome thing. And my wife is a physical therapist right here in town with us. And uh, we're in central Iowa, south of Des Moines, by like 20 minutes in a town called Indianola. And uh, she went to school just up in Des Moines. And it was really cool looking back to see God work to uh, get her through school because she had to go through grad school school while I worked uh, down here. And uh, it was the only school around here that she could do it at. And she was pretty set on doing that. So um, we laid it before God and asked him to show us the way uh, and what we should do. And he made made the way for us, which is pretty sweet. Uh, so, yeah, I've been here for yeah about seven years now, like I said. And um, we hired Mike two years ago uh, to jump in with me as the other youth pastor transitioned to the lead pastor. And so we've got a pretty great environment here for student ministry because we've got a lead pastor who was just like two years right now out of being a youth pastor and he's nice. very confident he's a, a sixth grade boys small group leader hmm. which is awesome so he's in our ministry he actually spoke at the camp we went to a couple weeks ago for our middle schoolers and so definitely still has a heart for student ministry and it helps us uh stay in focus for the whole church and like the vision of where we're going as a church and everything Um, which has been really, really great. For me, I grew up in a Christian home and uh, in high school started realizing that I really like to help people and narrowed it down between youth pastor and firefighter or paramedic. Um, I figured both of those are saving people's lives in Mm -hmm. a different way. Um, And felt, I never, I've never had a like, I don't know, um, crazy experience or God audibly speaking to me, but just like trying to be faithful to him and follow where he's leading me. And it felt like this was the path he was leading me down. And so I went to Trinity International University for biblical studies and Christian ministries and went through that and just had some awesome experiences there. And it was pretty well confirmed that God was leading me down this path. And so I continued on it. And now been a youth pastor for seven years in an awesome environment and a great church and a healthy staff. So uh, God has been leading me and blessing me in a lot of ways. So my story in a nutshell, Mike. That was awesome. I can't even top that. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing it's not a competition. (laughs) Thanks, Jeremy. 
yeah, so mine's kind of like your not-so-normal story. I guess you'd consider mine was more unconventional. Um, so, like, when I was younger, um, I remember being in high school, and uh, the church I was at, the youth pastor uh, decided to up and quit, and we were without a youth pastor, and our, our worship pastor at the time decided to kind of lead our small band of high schoolers, and uh, so, like, the dozen or so of us that we had totally had leadership in that, and I remember kind of stepping up and kind of facilitating in some ways, but not much. I mean, it was a high school at the time. I had other things going on, but I always planted that seed in me. Like, I would, I would love to do this. This, well, is, this, this is cool. Back in the 50s? This was back, <laughs> back when there was horse and buggies. Okay? If, if we they had youth the, ministry back then? What's that? <laughs> they had youth ministry back then? <laughs> so, yeah, so this was a long time ago. Um, yeah, you're going to find out here in a minute just, like, how old I am. Um, so anyways, so, you know, project yourself, like, 20 years later, and... I'm working IT for a large corporation. Um, um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but I'm not feeling fulfilled. I know God wants, uh, he wants to do something in me and through me. And I just wasn't sure what that was. And I kept questioning that. And we were going through some turmoil in the department that I was with. And I just really felt God telling me, this is your time to do something. And uh, I, I remember uh, just going, okay, well, this this must mean I need to switch jobs. And uh, so I quit the job that I was that for 20 years, which was just huge for me, uh, and started doing some temp work, just trying to decide what is it that I was being called or being led to do. And through that, all, God kept speaking to my heart. And I remember coming to our lead pastor, who was our our lead student pastor at the time, and just asking him and saying, you know, what do you think about this? This is just crazy. Why would I, why would God be saying this to me now, especially? Why is God leading me? And he goes, you know, I don't know, but maybe God's telling you to go into ministry. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. You know, I had that pipe dream back when I was in high school, and I'm like, okay, you know, I could be maybe a student pastor then, but not now. I'm close to being 50 years old. How could I do that? Uh, and I remember just sitting down and praying about that with my wife at the time, and she goes, you know, if you feel led to do that, God will qualify you for that. God will will make it work for you. And not only a few months later, here I am, as Jeremy was saying, kind of being folded into um, our church. It's, it's not another church. It's not going outside of the church that I was in. And I had been talking with other churches at the time to go work in various capacities in different roles, but not as a youth pastor. And here I am having this opportunity. And I thought, God really is leading me on this. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting. And I was, and I'm still excited yeah. about it. And uh, so here I am. Yeah, I'm 50 years old and I'm just over two years into uh, working as a student pastor, which is phenomenal. And How working, long have you been here at ICC? Um, I've been with our church for roughly, what is it, 17, 18 years. Okay. And I've been working in uh, student ministry for probably when I was hired for the past 10 or 11 years already, okay. just as a student leader for both our middle school and our high school. Rockstar, small group leader. Yeah, exactly. been doing that and loved it and just had been mentoring and being mentored at the same time, which was totally wonderful. But here I am now doing this full time, and it's exciting. I wow. love it. I mean, we, it's it's new every day, but it's it's exciting to be able to to work in the lives of students and have that fulfill me at the same time, and knowing that God's leading us and doing things through us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my unconventional story. That's awesome, and that's so cool because one of the things I, I definitely want to talk to you guys today about is is that partnership in your ministry, and and it's so cool that you're coming from different backgrounds and different, you know, God. It seemed like you know God worked in both of your lives at a younger age, but but brought you into the ministry in two completely different ways, and uh, you know how that how that comes together. So. Um, 
you know, a lot of times people that, that listen to this podcast on a regular basis, they know that we build this this whole thing around three questions. And uh, we focus on your story, but also I want to talk about your ministry, um, what it looks like on a regular basis. So for that, I, it's kind of a two-part question. Um, I want to talk about your actual programs and how you guys do student ministry there at your church, but I'd love to talk about, um, maybe even first, how that partnership between you guys, uh, how it works, especially coming in um, you know, later as, as a volunteer and then stepping into that paid role and how that, that dynamic works. So kind of an open-ended question, but what's it like partnering in that ministry? And, and probably maybe first question is, how, how does that work? Are you guys equal necessarily on an organizational chart sort of thing? Are you peers or is one like leading the ministry and one under that or how does that all work? Yeah, so uh, my title is lead student pastor and Mike's is student pastor. And so uh, I would be leading the uh, overall student ministry department, you could say. And then Mike uh, in a very high capacity role uh, supports that, I guess you could say. Yeah, I could say that. He works, yeah. I, I put it, uh, or I say that he works alongside me. Okay. Um, and we work together on most stuff. Uh, so organizationally, I would be above him, but uh, programmatically, we work together on almost everything where we both go to middle school youth group and high school youth group. Um, we both have a small group in the high school youth group. Our middle school is a uh, pretty good-sized group, and so we do a rotation there. So just um, in the program, it doesn't give us much space to lead a small group there. So we both lead one in high school. Uh, but we're both intricately and heavily involved in both ministries, and we've seen a lot of good fruit from that with leader continuity and student uh, retention from middle school to high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that John and I, the, the old youth pastor who's now the lead pastor started and thought we should continue that with whoever we hired next if at all possible so administratively is where it kind of separates a little where i would cover high school stuff and the details and planning that kind of stuff and mike covers the middle school stuff right but even in planning those things we work together on stuff and i'll plan some middle school events he'll plan some high school stuff so um, does that capture? Yeah, really, in a nutshell. That's a, Yeah, we just both collaborate together at the same time, but we try to, our niche is more, he's more high school and I'm more middle school. Okay, yeah. okay. So that makes that makes a lot of sense too, because I I think um, for a lot of people I, I've heard of of mini, student ministries being co-led more and more. It's something that that I think um, is popping up a little more. But but I think you know the administrative question really is is one of those big ones. It's like who ha, when it all comes down to it. Who's responsible for what and everything? Um, has that is that something that you fell into, Jeremy, with the, the your with the last guy that's now the lead pastor, or is that is it a different setup than what you had with him? Uh, that yeah, that kind of is the same thing that I did before with the lead pastor, um, because I started as an intern and then did that for five months, and so that was just its own thing, an internship where I worked alongside him and underneath him for that, just learning and growing. But then uh, after that six-month gap where I came back, uh, it was more of a partnership because he had a different role at the time. And then I was doing mo- like all youth ministry. He was doing like a quarter youth ministry along with worship and a few other things, mm. uh, just covering that side of church at that point. And then once we hired another worship pastor, he came back and was doing 100% youth. And um, 
so was I, and we thought it worked really well, so we just stuck with it for a while, and it just continued to have benefits, and we saw some growth from it, and we saw good chemistry and a lot of good things happening, so we continued on with it. Um, we've considered at different points, and even in the future, we're open to like splitting them up where we'd have a middle school pastor and a high school pastor, but right now, it seems to be working well. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like myself, like in our in our situation, um, I'm still drawn to both age groups. I don't know if that's ever going to change. And the thought of just being over high school or just being over middle school kind of tears me a little bit inside because I'm like, I like both of them. I want to hang out with all teenagers. Uh, yeah. So what was that, uh, that transition like, Mike, from moving from a volunteer into uh, a paid staff role at the church? Yeah, that was a pretty striking uh, change for me. Um, <laughs> It, it was good because, I mean, like I said, I had been doing it for about 10 or 11 years before that. Um, being a volunteer, and I mean, as a volunteer, you don't feel like um, maybe you have a buy-in with a lot of different things. It's like you can walk away at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that. If you're a volunteer, you just walk away. It's it's just yeah. an easy thing to do. Um, but really, coming on um, full-time allowed me to take a look behind the scenes. I think that was one thing that Jeremy asked me up front. He goes, so do you know what we do? <laughs> do you understand or have a feeling for what we do? And to be honest with you, I don't think I really understood enough of it, but I do now. Um, so, yeah, that's prepared me. Um, there, there's a lot that I know that goes on behind the scenes, and, and I'm fully prepared for that, and I was before. Um, but, yeah, this has been a really good thing. Um, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So I, I know everything's not, uh, you know, butterflies and roses all the time. So what are what are some, maybe you don't have to get into, you know, exact details or anything, but some potential pitfalls of, of co-leading the ministry together um, that you guys have experienced along the way? Yeah. I'd say sometimes it comes down to making decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when, when uh, Jeremy says that we programmatically, we, we work separately, but we work together in a lot of different things. It's coming up with the decisions, uh, and I will defer to him completely, 100%. I mean, uh, in leadership, I, I am totally devoted to that. Um, but there are times where I'm like, I really feel like my idea is better, and that can be difficult once in a while. But we had this un- we had this understanding, this general understanding, where it's like we both pitch the ideas, and and we'll take a step back, and if we need to, we'll take a day or two and we'll pray about it. And that's that's really what happens. We have to go to the Lord on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is one of them too. Um, another pitfall or challenge, I think, uh, is that we don't have the capacity to, because we're involved in so much on a week-to-week basis, uh, that hinders us in other areas that we could grow or we could be um, healthier, I think you could say, mm. uh, where uh, because we have two nights of ministry every week, then that doesn't like if you have a family and you want to actually care about your family, then that doesn't leave a lot of time for right. other church stuff or other uh, personal growth stuff, uh, things that you want to do on your own. If you wanted to just be in some recreational sport or you wanted to be in a home group or you wanted to be in a men's group or something, if you're doing that on another night of the week, that's a third night out every week that you do something. And so uh, that's a challenge for sure. Uh, and then going to both like – middle school and high school retreats throughout the year and camps and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot that uh, it just, as your ministry grows, it kind of gets heavier and heavier mm-hmm. uh, because it's just more people to care for. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing. And another challenge is that we don't have, because of the same issues of running both ministries uh, and being part of both ones, you don't have the time to focus in on that specific ministry mm-hmm. where I think if we were separate, 
we could tailor our learning more towards that specific age group and try to understand uh, psychology and development and adolescence in that specific phase of life and how we can best um, impact them and teach them and lead them. Um, it's just hard to keep up with that. Yeah. For, for all, and I mean, that's most youth pastors don't have another person. And so right. they got to figure out a way to do that. Um, but that's one of the challenges I see. Yeah. At least you can kind of lean on each other with that as well, I'm sure. What are some other, uh, maybe, and you will talk about um, some tips that you guys want to share with uh, our listeners um, at the very end, but maybe some ways that you've been able to overcome some of those challenges, um, things that you've learned along the way, um, and, and how to do this partnership well. Um, so I would say one thing that Mike was saying is with decision making, uh, I try to, as the lead guy, and especially with Mike, who is, like you were saying, he just uh, is into his second year in ministry, in full-time ministry, I do as much as I can to draw out ideas from him and listen to his thoughts and his feelings about stuff. and where he's being led or what he thinks is the best idea because I know that I don't have all the best ideas and I know that it's good for your ministry and healthy to try new things. And so his ideas are a lot of times much different than mine, but that's coming from me who uh, grew up in youth group, went to Bible college and then is in youth ministry. And so I've got my own way of thinking and this is how I've done it. or This is how it should be. And he comes in with, ideas as a small group leader and a volunteer and raising his own kids and where they're at in life. And so uh, I try to do as much as I can to draw out his ideas and ask him, why are you thinking that way? Why do you think this is a good idea? That kind of thing. Um, and so that's one way I've tried to overcome that challenge. Um, right. Yeah. I think our perspectives are a little bit different, but that, that's mm-hmm. right. We bring different things to the table, which is pretty awesome for our ministry. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I'm 50 years old. I have two students that are uh, that are in our student ministry right now. Um, who's Both in high in school? school now. Going into high school. Yeah, my second <laughs> one school this year, which is awesome. Pretty pretty cool. Um, but I can look at that also as a parent point of view. You know, because I have I have had one in middle school and one in high school at the same time, and I can kind of see both sides of that. And that may um, affect some of my thinking, and maybe that brings some of different things to the table with Jeremy. And he's very open yeah. about those. Uh, and sometimes we have to step back and go, okay, how would that really affect? Uh, what we're going to do or what we're thinking of implementing. So, yeah, that's a really good thing. Yeah, there's a couple of things that he has that I don't and I won't have until I get there, which are longevity in ministry and volunteering, which is that's not an old joke, but <laughs> kind of. <laughs> uh, longevity in ministry, like he was saying, he's been a volunteer for over 10 years in our ministry, and now he's just the youth pastor recently. And so there's a perspective that you have over that time of seeing students grow mm. that I just don't have yet. Uh, like I just, in my seventh year, I just, um, if you count my internship, I just completed my first set of like sixth grade through graduation, mm. which is pretty cool to see that. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, just learning the perspective of that. He's got the perspective of a parent of someone who's worked outside of ministry as well. Uh, and a volunteer and just the feelings they have from us and all kinds of stuff. So I really try to take that stuff into account. I think another thing that uh, we've done, I don't think intentionally to work through the challenges of more the heaviness of the week-to-week programming and two nights a week and all that kind of stuff, but we're in a men's group together, mm-hmm. and happened, he joined the one I was in, uh, actually just a few months before we hired him, not knowing that we were going to hire him, but it just worked out that um, 
he had the time based on a different job that was in that temporary period. And uh, we needed to add someone to our group because someone had just moved away. And so that's been cool to have that other side of like intentionality and accountability and support from a few other guys uh, where we can live life together and know each other's story and help each other grow and push each other in a, a totally different way that's not necessarily ministry related it's mm. more related and right. so um that that's not going to work for everyone actually the, the lead pastor i joined his group when i was an intern so mm. it's me mike the lead pastor and a couple other guys from the church <laughs> so it's a pretty heavy pastoral group but yeah. um, it's good for us i think and our, yeah. our elder board does accountability together every time they meet um, where they share what's going on in their life and what they're struggling with and that kind of stuff and I think that's something that's missing, the accountability factor mm. uh, and intentional spiritual growth that is probably missing in a lot of partnerships in ministry where people work together with other staff. Yeah. Um, I challenge people to do that. Yeah, I awesome. think yeah. We're definitely uniquely gifted when it comes to Jeremy and I. I think it's just because we have such diversity between us that really helps our ministry. Yeah. As he's saying here, I just I fully support that. It's just because I see a different perspective as him. We both grew up in Christian households. However, the way that we went after uh, just is, is different. Uh, and where I came into a later stage of life, I can look at it differently from him and being a parent. I just think God has uniquely gifted our ministry because of that. That's really cool. Yeah. And just being able to, to keep that, that open perspective uh, as well and realize, you know, valuing each other's opinions and everything. That's awesome. Um, I know that with, um, I, it's not necessarily an equal partnership, um, not necessarily your setup, but I, I stepped into a, a role where I have a, a, a partner in, in our ministry and her primary uh, area is, is communication and creative uh, stuff. So she runs the student bands and, and all of our, our arts and stuff like that. Um, and, and one of the things that I've learned for, for working with her is uh, communication. The lines of communication are so important. Um, have yeah. you guys found out the same thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. I think that's that's <laughs> totally key with us. And we aren't 100% like we get everything right. Um, but definitely communication is huge for us. And whether or not we're we're IMing each other or we're sending each other, you know, uh, text messages or we're just stopping by each other's offices, it's continually knowing where we're at with certain things. We always continually have to do that. And and if we come up with new material, it's always then sharing it with that other person. It's not holding on to it and going, oh, you know, I kind of forgot about that, and it's mm -hmm. a week later. Yeah. Um, we are continually doing that, and we do that throughout our days, which mm -hmm. is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. We're definitely getting better and better at communication and uh, staying on top of tasks and that kind of stuff. Since there's so much overlap, um, it's easy to lose track of things or let things fall through the cracks, and so we're always trying to get better at that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's probably, you know, just a, as a personal struggle, that's my, that's my biggest struggle is working, working alongside uh, her as, as there's a lot of times where I just, uh, I, I'm not thinking that I, I need to communicate this stuff with her. I need to make sure that she's in the know. Um, I just go about my thing because I came from a ministry where I was, I was the only youth pastor and I didn't have anybody on my team, let alone an, an equal. And so, uh, yeah, it's something I have to consciously make an effort to like, okay, I need to make sure that I get her in, informed about stuff as much as possible. So uh, let's let's change gears just a little bit and let's talk about your your ministry itself. Um, you said you have middle school and high school. How does, how do those programs work? When you, when do you meet and uh, and how does that all kind of go down week week to week? Yeah, right. So I can speak for maybe the middle school portion of it. Um, so our middle school uh, ministry meets on Wednesday nights. Uh, we typically go six thirty to about eight o'clock. 
Um, the way it rolls is uh, we'll have most of the kids come in. Uh, we'll facilitate them through a check-in process, uh, and we'll hold them kind of in our gym area, uh, kind of as our sanctuary as well. Uh, and uh, typically, like with our middle school ministry, it's it's gotten large enough where we have to kind of split, and we kind of have two different sections of the night. Uh, we'll start off where the students will be uh, kind of held down in the gym, and they'll do uh, like a large game or something, while we'll take the other half of them, and we'll take them upstairs to our youth room. Uh, where we'll do a large group uh, with a lesson. Uh, and then once we're finished with those two portions, then we'll switch. We'll move the uh, p- uh, persons from the game upstairs. The people that are uh, upstairs already in the large group rooms, we'll move them off to small groups, uh, and we'll facilitate again through that. And then when that's done, then you'll go to the one that you didn't do already. Hmm. So by the time then the people that were in small groups will go downstairs for a large group game, and the other ones will go to small groups. Uh, and typically that's worked well for us. Um, we've had some pain points, uh, just with, uh, not necessarily program, you know, program itself programming, um, but maybe with size sometimes and having enough rooms for that structure. Uh, but it's, it's necessarily, it's worked well for us. Uh, we tend to have a really good showing our students. Uh, we have a lot of great, uh, leaders that facilitate with us. Uh, we're blessed to have the leaders that we have, which is awesome. Uh, but otherwise that's pretty much how it works for middle school. Okay. Yeah. And for high school, it is pretty much the same, except we don't do a rotation. Uh, we try to stay together. Okay. And so uh, we still do a check-in, um, which we use Planning Center for. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with That's that. That's awesome, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome thing. Our church moved to Planning Center a couple of years ago uh, for our whole database and nice. a lot of other things. And their stuff is really great. I would definitely recommend them. Um, so, yeah, we uh, hang out together in, our, in the gym. We head upstairs for a large group teaching time, which is interactive, and uh, we sit at round tables. Um, and we try to do six to ten at a table. It depends on just who shows up and how many people are there. It's the same um, for middle school, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We have them sit with their small groups, and so some of those small groups, as they grow, are getting to multiple tables, uh, but that's fine. They just split up, and then... Um, we have an interactive time where we ask questions and they talk at their tables and that kind of stuff throughout the night. And then uh, for middle school, we usually teach about 20 to 22 minutes. For high school, it's like 22 to 25, um, so not that much different. And then we have uh, – our, our goal is usually about 25 to 30 minutes of small group time for both middle school and high school. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the same format. We try to uh, – for high school – Middle school, there's just momentum with mm-hmm. being there, being with your friends, mm-hmm. and the excitement of something that you have mm-hmm. in life. Um, for high school, we try to spice it up with different things. We do themed out nights. We do special meals. Um, we did a Friendsgiving this past year. That was awesome, where students brought something to share, and then we brought the main food. Um, or a chicken nugget night where we <laughs> we bought over 900 chicken nuggets. Okay. For, it was just incredible. Yes. And awesome. When Burger King has their chicken <laughs> nugget special, you got to do a chicken yeah, nugget. Yeah, look for the. Oh, I, I failed then. I just went to McDonald's at a regular price. I, I should have went oh, to, uh, to Burger yeah. King. <laughs> Did you do a chicken nugget night? Uh, yeah, I can't remember what the, the connection was uh, exactly. Um, it may, may have been in like a feeding the 5,000 sort of thing or something. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, we it was somehow loosely connected. Um, but yeah. I don't think we connected it to anything except, you know, it was just food. chicken nuggets are awesome. And... We will and if we would have had a Chick-fil-A, we would have done that, but there yeah. wasn't one really close enough to us. So if Chick-fil-A yeah. is listening to this podcast, please, please get out. one in our, yeah, yes. get one in our town, please. So, yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah, that's generally 
how a ministry night goes. I don't know if I said this. We meet on Sunday nights for high school okay. from 6 to 7.30. And, uh, yeah. There That's cool. Um, so do you guys do anything on Sunday mornings during uh, the regular worship time for students at all? Or is that just uh, go to go to the worship service with your families or with each other and, and you just have your student ministries uh, during the, the evenings? Yeah, we do those during just the evenings. We do not have something scheduled for them uh, as a program on Sunday mornings. We did for uh this last year we didn't have it but uh i don't know six years before that we did um and for a while it worked really well it felt like that had uh run its course and we also were ramping up our uh engagement factor for students when it comes to the regular church service Mm. and so we've been pointing students to find a place to serve on sunday mornings and we've got uh, a good group of students that are now serving on sunday mornings as uh, greeters and helping different areas in the lobby and then seating people and a worship team and all kind of stuff and kid kid zone our kid programs and everything mm-hmm. there's a ton that are helping in there and so that's a really good thing and then with uh, the lead pastor who used to be youth pastor he and I and the other guy that are speaking are always trying to think of a very broad audience when mm-hmm. we preach and so we try to be engaging for them um, but we don't have anything Sunday mornings that are specifically for students. This year, we are going to try something new that is uh, uh, not, I don't even, we don't even have a name for it yet. We don't We're going to do it in it October yet. and <laughs> once in the spring. The idea is to give them an intro to church, for, to give students an introduction to church okay. for people who go or for students who their families don't go or to change it up just for students who do go to church where we'll probably do worship. We'll do like four weeks in a row in October where we'll do worship together. We'll have student-led band. We'll have uh, some sort of announcements. Basically, it'll be a church service for students mm-hmm. uh, to try to give them an opportunity to check out church. Hmm. Uh, and we'll give them, it won't be like a sermon, but it'll be like an interactive thing of like, what is church? Why should I go to church? How do I take notes? And how do I learn when I go to church? Uh, what should I do after church? Why should I serve? That kind of stuff. All so, great things, yeah. Yeah, we're going to try that out to get some more students. We have a lot of students who come on a weeknight, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Wednesday, that don't go to church at all. Mm-hmm. So we want them to see the importance of that because that's a big indicator, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people know, of students staying engaged and staying connected to the church and to Jesus after high school. Yeah. That's really awesome. That's a that's a cool idea. And being intentional about getting them, not just encouraging them, but being intentional, setting them up for, for success and, and getting connected to their service. That's cool. So uh, before we wrap up, I do want to I want to give you guys just a, an opportunity to to share some tips. You've you've shared a ton of wisdom already, um, but maybe a, a couple tips that uh, that you would like to pass on to our listeners. A lot of times I, I like to just ask this question in a way of, you know, if you were to think of yourself, um, you know, a few years ago and and the things that God has taught you um, during your time in ministry, um, what would you share with yourself of, you know, a couple years ago or even, you know, several years ago, um, some tips the, that uh, could benefit the listeners? Yeah, um, so something that we try to um, we try to utilize within our small groups, uh, and especially with our leaders, is uh, something we call 531. Uh, 531 is something where we try to be uh, show commitment uh, to our students uh, and be involved with our students. Uh, so it just, it powers up the small group. I think mm-hmm. it's a great thing. It allows students to uh, just feel like there's uh, consistency mm-hmm. uh, with leadership. Um, so 531 kind of works like this. 
you have, or based on your structure, it may be loose. I mean, if you have more students, you have less students, you kind of have to work out what the numbers are for you. But for us, we've typically gone with a 5-3-1 model. So we, top, we typically start out on top with a five that you can lead. So it's leaders intentionally looking at your, your students and going, okay, out of the vast group that I've got coming to my, my uh, student ministry uh, night um, that I'm leading, what, who are five that I can intentionally lead, who I can interact with, who I can get to know uh, better, who I can maybe love on, uh, maybe be a part of their lives more. Uh, and just and we even tell them, hey, you know, leaders, pray for them. Pray for them weekly. You know, those five that you've got. Then like the three, we break it down a little bit further and we go three, maybe who you want to disciple. You know, you want to mm-hmm. dig in deeper with. You want to know more about their story. You want to know about their struggles. Uh, and we ask our leaders or can just being more intentionally uh, be more intentional in contacting them, mm-hmm. uh, doing something weekly. Again, we tell our leaders to always try to check in with your students, uh, try to try to find out what's going on in their lives, find out like what they're doing, but then find out how you can plug yourself into them. And then the 531 model, then you go down to the very one. So the very pinnacle of that is that one student, that one student that you know that God is just digging on your heart saying, okay, you need to invest in that, in that student. So choose that one student who you want to pour your life into, who you want to invest all of your life or what you can of your life and your time into them and contact them each week. Hmm. Uh, you know, um, the idea is not to find the time, but to include them in your time. And we try to tell our, our leaders that as well is don't just go out and find them and just be there, but include them in on your lives, mm-hmm. maybe invite them over for dinner or, or, or whatever that looks like for you. So the five, three, one model is something that we've done for many years. I know I've done that since I started uh, student ministry here at our church. Uh, but we we greatly encourage our leaders to do that. That kind of goes along. I don't know. Are very uh, connected to the the orange um, stuff at the orange conference this year. They're really talking about making it personal, and I feel like that the five three one is is a, a great method to come around and really make it personal for for those students. Totally. Yep, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the idea behind that that we've been pushing the last couple of years uh, that isn't new, but just one that we heard somewhere. Uh, was to do for one what you wish you could do for many. Um, that we're finite and we can't reach everyone with our whole hearts and our whole lives, but we can do that for one, uh, one at a time. So we encourage our leaders to do that. And we've seen some really good fruit from that uh, in students' lives as they're growing and learning. So uh, I would say one tip that I would share for youth pastors out there is to be an amazing event planner. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of youth pastors that uh, don't really plan out camps and trips and activities and events very well. Um, and that just, in my opinion, gives a bad name to youth pastors and a bad reputation for them and really just for the church and when youth groups come through. And so uh, I make it a priority, and I've, I learned this from the guy that I worked under, and I've instilled this, I think, in Mike, too, that it is extremely important to uh, be an amazing event planner or coordinator or whatever you want to call it. But when you set up those trips and activities and camps and retreats, uh, do everything you can to make life easy on that camp or retreat center or uh, even just like if you're going to somewhere local, if it's like a arcade or a sky zone trampoline park or whatever you're doing, they get events and they are booking people all the time. And most people are not friendly. Most people are not helpful. And so I do everything I can to make it uh, a very smooth trip, well planned out, all the t- details on our end are taken care of. And then you build up a good reputation for yourself and your church. And then that comes back to help you 
in the long run because they trust you when you say, can I do another event with you or can, can we plan another retreat? Um, we're coming for this weekend. And then if you have requests in the future for them, they're more likely to help you out because you've done so much to help them. And so don't just make it about your group. Try to invest in the place that you're going to uh, and help them out as much as you can because it, it builds so much uh, for your reputation and for the church, and it builds them up too and encourages them as your group comes. So I think that's really important. I, I've seen some really good uh, benefits from that too over the years. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was uh, several years ago and I realized, um, you know, student ministry is a lot of event program, uh, event planning. I was like, I could almost uh, probably slide into that as a, as a secondary career if I ever needed to. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Just nail it. Yeah. Be great. So, uh, thank you guys so much for, for joining us today. Um, I do want to give you a chance. Um, I'm sure that our listeners have, you know, gra- gained so much wisdom out of you guys and I'm, they may be having uh, you know, some follow up questions and, and, uh, want to contact you guys. Uh, what is the best way for our listeners to to contact you guys, either on social media or whatever? Uh, I would say you can have my email. I don't really, like I do social media for youth group stuff, but I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the best way would probably be to send me an email. You can find me on Facebook and I can pull you up on Messenger, but I don't always check that. So my email, um, if you have any complaints, my email is... <laughs> Mike Eilers? No, I'm just um, No, my email is nelson at indianolacc.org. And uh, can you spell that? Or can you yeah, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes so people don't have to guess how to spell that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah our town is Indianola, which I really like. Is it Indiana or Iowa? Where are you at? So, um, yeah, you can send me an email or you can call me. Uh, our office number is 515-961-8311. Uh, I'd be happy to talk through any of that stuff with you. Um always want to make time to help people and help their ministry grow. So don't yeah. And if you got any complaints, I guess you come over to me. Uh, (laughs) My email is just my last name. Eilers, E I L E R S at Indianola cc.org. Yeah. Cool. We'd love any comments or if you've got any questions or any suggestions. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We got a long way to go. Yeah. We haven't cemented it out yet, but yeah, we'll any suggestions you got. Yeah, sure. I am sure there's there's uh, you know other youth pastors out there that are partnering similar to you guys and, and have some great things to, to say, and and I'm sure there's a lot of them out there that are they're trying to figure it out, and I'm I'm sure you know what you guys have, have talked about today is, is going to be a huge help for them as well. Yeah, so, thanks yeah. for having me, man. Yeah, yeah no you. problem, and God bless your ministry. Thanks, appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to the Student Ministry Podcast. Again, this has been episode 43, and I've been your host, Steve Cullum. Make sure you do follow the Student Ministry Podcast on all social media. We are S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D on Twitter. We're at the Student Ministry Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to follow us on all of those platforms to, uh, to interact with us and also send your suggestions on who we should interview in a future episode. We also want to thank our sponsors of this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. WorkCamp NE can be found at W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E.com. Be sure to check them out for all your service-based mission trip needs for your students. And the G-Shades student curriculum can be found at gshades.org. That's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G. And be sure to use the promo code STUMINPOD, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D, for 5% off your order. 
Thanks to WorkCamp NE and the G-Shade Student Curriculum for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And thanks to all you listeners out there. Be sure to subscribe and share this with others. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to leave a positive comment on your podcast app of choice. Thanks so much for tuning in once again, and we'll see you next time. And may God bless your ministry.